Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God, we ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious, it's fun, it's your Catholic Drive Time. And praise be to Jesus Christ. It's good to be here. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca, and today is Monday, February 5th, 2023. It's the Feast of the Japanese Martyrs. In 1549, St. Francis Xavier brought Christianity to Japan, and it flourished until 1587 when a persecution began and 200,000 Catholics were expelled or crucified. Despite the persecution, many missionaries remained in disguise. And in 1597, 26 Catholics, including six Franciscan missionaries, three Japanese Jesuits, and 17 Japanese laymen were executed by crucifixion. The persecution spread with the encouragement of Protestant countries to eliminate the competition of Portuguese and Spanish in Japan. And a new wave of martyrs emerged, including Julahoda, a Korean woman who made a vow of perpetual chastity and was abandoned in a fishing village for 40 years. This selection highlights the incredible faith and honor of the Japanese people with several princes and nobles giving their lives for the Catholic Church. The enthusiasm for martyrdom and the willingness to die for the faith indicates a flourishing spiritual state in the nascent Church of Japan. Happy Septuagesima to you, otherwise known as Shrovetide, where it is the word Septuagesima. It's Latin for within 70 days, meaning Easter is just Within 70 days away. That means it's time to start thinking about Lent. Are you ready? Have you picked out your penance? You're going to want to get on our email list. You can go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT because we're going to provide some exclusive CDT content for Lent. I said last week that we we're going to close our Telegram chat for a while. I decided I'm going to keep it open until Lent starts. So Ash Wednesday, that last that Friday after Ash Wednesday is going to be the last time to join our Telegram until Easter. And in our private Telegram chat, we're going to go through either St. Robert Bellarmine's Catechism, which is a very short catechism, very excellent uh, way to go through it, and not as large or as daunting as you know the Catechism in the year, so it's going to be the Catechism for Lent. Or we're going to go through the St. Thomas Catechism, one or the other. So we're going to go through one of those together as a exclusive, private, super-secret, private Telegram group chat. Uh, so if you want to be a part of that and you want to prepare for Lent with us, you're more than welcome the Shrovetide gives warning, and more than a warning, that the season of mourning is at hand. So start to be prepared. At 15 past the hour, we're going to talk about some new information about the Tyra Nichols case. Plus, there's Chinese spy balloons in the air that got shot out of the sky. We're going to talk about that. Plus, a satanic ritual is going down in Galveston, Texas. Did you hear about that? Also, at 30 past the hour, Officer Ray Hunt will be on to discuss police baiters, or what they call themselves. They call themselves First Amendment auditors. We're going to talk about that. And in the next hour, we're going to introduce our new producer slash co-host, Tito Edwards, and our game show, Fear and Trembling. But all that put aside for one second, I have to say good morning to you, Rui Carlos. Good morning. It's good to be here. I had a fantastic weekend. I uh, hope you did, too. And, uh, you know, it's going to be a, it's going to be a great week here on Catholic Drive Time. We do have a new person here in the studio, and we're excited to introduce you to that new person. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, did you make it either of y'all? So good morning to you, Tito Edwards. Good morning, Adrian. Thank you for uh, 
Well, no, I'm no longer a, a guest co-host, am I? Yeah, no, no, not at all. <laughs> yes, glad to be here. I had a great weekend. Awesome. I'm looking forward to uh, our first day together. Perfect, perfect. And in the next hour, we're going to introduce you. We're going to ask you, basically, I'm going to interrogate you, could them tell your whole life story and how you ended up here. We're going to talk about all that in the next hour. Uh, before we get started, though, I have a confession to make, and I want to hear, oh, hear about y'all, too. On Friday, I was, in fact, able to make it to First Friday. <laughs> and then uh, me and a buddy of mine were catching up after mass, and we stayed until about midnight just chatting at the church. And I honestly didn't I didn't wake up for first Saturday, so mm, I didn't make it to first Saturday. Better. I went to first Friday, did not make it to first Saturday. I ended up waking up at like eleven o'clock uh, on Saturday, which was wow. pretty pretty insane. Uh, but what about y'all? Did y'all make it to first Friday, first Saturday? I was able to make it. I took my wife and I. We went uh, down. Uh, downtown Holy Rosary, and uh, Saturday morning we were at uh, the St. Dominic Village at their Warren Chapel. So, yes, I uh, made it to first Friday, first Saturday. Awesome. Have you guys heard? Oh, go ahead. Have you guys heard of those uh, midnight vigils when they have a first Friday and Saturday together? They have the Mass? No, I've at, never heard at, that. Yeah, first <laughs> Friday, and then they have a Eucharistic adoration until 5 in the morning or 6 in the morning, and then they celebrate. The, the entire congregation oh, wow. stays up. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Hmm. Uh, Rudy, were you able to make no, it? No, no, I wasn't able to do it, oh, so unfortunately. Okay. All right, well, let's jump into the show, and we're going to have the breaking news by uh, Tito Edwards today, so tune in for that. Pray for Tito, that, that the, you know, doing the news reading sometimes is a, it's a little difficult your first time, so, you know, your first time is, is okay, your 100th time is when you start getting good, so let's get started. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. And now your news with Tito Edwards. Good morning, everyone. Today, uh, Monday, February 6th, the headlines. This week, investigations begin into the FBI and other federal agencies tar targeting of Christians and pro-lifers. The primary focus of the investigation will be the Biden's administration targeting of pro-lifers through the Freedom of Access to Clinic Entrances Act, otherwise known as FACE. In 2022, the Biden Justice Department prosecuted a record 26 pro-life advocates under the FACE Act. Meanwhile, last year saw nearly 100 attacks against pregnancy resource centers and churches that went largely unpunished. Charges have been dropped for now against a woman arrested for praying silently outside a UK abortion clinic. Isabel Von Spruce says the charges still could be revived, leaving her in an ambiguous legal situation. Several localities in England have implemented strict buffer zones, which some critics characterize as censorship zones. On the national level, the UK Parliament is expected to pass legislation to create buffer zones around abortion clinics. Next news item, on Pope Francis' return flight from South Sudan on Sunday, yesterday, he said that God loves and accompanies people with same-sex attraction. 
When asked by a journalist what the Pope would say to families in Congo and South Sudan who reject their children because they have same-sex attraction, Pope Francis responded that the Catechism of the Catholic Church teaches that people with same-sex attraction should not be marginalized. And finally, Cardinal Zen and Jimmy Lai are among Hong Kong Chinese nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize. A bipartisan congressional commission chaired by Representative Chris Smith of New Jersey announced last Thursday the nomination of six Hong Kong Chinese, including Cardinal Zen and Jimmy Lai, for the Nobel Peace Prize for their efforts in the cause of human rights. They were nominated because they are ardent champions of Hong Kong's autonomy, human rights, and rule of law as guaranteed under the Sino-British Declaration and International Covenant on Civil and Political Rights. And that's your news stories for Monday, February 6th, this morning. Yes, February 6th. I said February 5th, uh, so my apologies there. But the gospel of the day is from Mark chapter 7, verses 1 through 13. At least I hope it is, unless I wrote down the wrong gospel of the day, so someone let me know. Then the Pharisees and some of the scribes who had come from Jerusalem gathered round him. And these found fault because they saw that some of his disciples sat down to eat with their hands defiled, that is, unwashed. For the Pharisees, and indeed all the Jews, holding to the tradition of their ancestors, never ate without washing their hands again and again. They will not sit down to meat coming from the market without thorough cleansing. And there are many of other customs which they hold to by tradition, purifying of cups and pitchers and pans and beds. So the Pharisees and scribes asked him, why do thy disciples eat with defiled hands instead of following the tradition of our ancestors? But he answered, You hypocrites! It was a true prophecy Isaiah made of you, writing as he did, This people does me honor with its lips, but its heart is far from me. Their worship of me is vain, for their doctrines they teach are the commandments of men. You leave God's commandment on one side and hold to the tradition of man, the purifying of pitchers and cups and many other like observances. And he told them, You have quite defeated God's commandment to establish your own tradition instead. Moses said, Honor thy father and thy mother, and he who curses father or mother dies without hope of reprieve. But you say, let a man tell his father or his mother, all the money out of which you might get help from me is now korban, that is, an offering to God. And then you will not let him do any more for father or mother. With this and many like observances, you are making God's law ineffectual through the tradition you have handed down. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Cornelius Lapidae and St. Thomas Aquinas, so I'm going to go through them, so I'm not going to switch between letting you know who's talking, but just know it's Cornelius Lapidae and St. Thomas Aquinas from the commentary today. It says here, to eat with common, that is, with unwashed hands, hands unwashed were called common because unclean and profane things were common to both the Jews and the Gentiles, to clean and unclean persons alike. Observe the apostles were not so boorish as to not wash their hands before dining or supping, which even husbandmen and artisans do before meals. But they abstain from the ceremonial, or rather the superstitious washing of the Pharisees, which they scrupulously observe from the tradition of their ancestors. So they're making the point here that this is not 
a saying that the that the apostles were dirty or the disciples of Christ didn't wash up because this was a a practice like people try to think oh we modern folk are the first people in society to ever have washed ourselves no no the the people at that time did wash their hands in fact the uh, the ancient romans were known to bathe and clean themselves more than any other society except for modern day americans the Cornelius Lapide points out that the Hebrew text here says hand to hand, which implies by a constant rubbing as they do who wish to cleanse defiled hands. This is actually, it makes me think of an allusion to Macbeth and how Lady Macbeth has the blood on her hands and she washes her hands very vigorously trying to get that blood off her hands and she's unable to do so. She still sees it even though the blood is gone. And so the same way, Cornelius Lapide is pointing out that this kind of has the implicit uh, reference to an idea that they are they see their hands as defiled, so they're continuing to constantly rub their hands over and over beyond what is necessary to have them be physically clean. The Alphacat says, For the disciples of the Lord who were taught only the practice of virtue used to eat in a simple way without washing their hands. But the Pharisees, wishing to find an occasion of blame against them, took it up. They did not indeed blame them as transgressors of the law, but for transgressing the traditions of the elders. Wherefore, it goes on, For the Pharisees and all the Jews, except they wash their hands oft, eat not, holding the tradition of the elders. This is to say, like, for instance, if they came in contact with a, a Gentile, they would now say, oh, great, now I can't eat until I get home and do a ritual washing. So it's about being ritually unclean rather than being physically unclean. Venerable Bede says, for taking the spiritual words of the prophets in a carnal sense, they observed by washing the body alone commandments which concern the chastening of the heart. Indeed, saying, wash you, make you clean. And again, be ye clean that bear the vessels of the Lord, I say is for thee too. It is therefore a superstitious human tradition that men who are clean already should wash oftener because they eat bread and what they should not eat on leaving the market. So Protestants will take this verse and so see, we cannot hold to tradition. We must abandon tradition because right here it says, don't follow the traditions of man. But what does Venerable Bede say? Venerable Bede does not say that we have to abandon our traditions. That's not what's being referred to here. What's being referred to here is those traditions that violate the law of God, which become superstitious. Those are the traditions that we should not follow. The traditions that are venerable, the traditions that point us and direct us back to God, those we follow. We'll be right back. And we'll cover some amazing stories about spy balloons and sacrifices in Galveston. Hey, Sita, how do you ask, do you love Catholic radio in German? Liebst du das katholische Radio? How about support it by purchasing car raffle tickets for a 2023 Mercedes-Benz CLA 250? Unterstütze es mit dem Kauf eines Tickets, mit dem du einen 2023 Mercedes-Benz CLA 250 gewinnen kannst. Hmm, okay. How about get yours at grnonline.com forward slash raffle? Kauf eins auf grnonline.com forward slash raffle. Thank you. I needed that for a PSA. Cool. When are you recording it? Right now. Oh, danke. 
Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. Your church most likely has a praise and worship time. Would you be surprised to know that the songs you sing might have nothing to do with worship? So here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, history. Praise and worship was not a term used until the mid-60s when the Jesus people music started becoming more complex and contemporary. By the late 70s, praise and worship had become an entire entity of its own. Secondly, what is worship? It's a sacrifice. It's not singing a soft, flowy song with hands raised. The New Testament writers understood that worship was a sacrifice, that it occurred on an altar, which was and is known as a place of slaughter. Thirdly, the altar is for you. Jesus, in the holy sacrifices of the Mass, invites you to participate in His timeless sacrifice of love that truly occurs on the altar. No nightclub effects, no entertainment, no pumped-up emotion. Oh, and please don't register for the next Praise and Worship Global Seminar. Why? Because you can't teach praise and it won't include worship. Yikes! We are back. Welcome to Cata Drive Time. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. And today, we got a lot of stories to cover. And we're going to jump into that. But first, did you know we're giving away a brand new Mercedes Benz? Or sorry, Mercedes Benz. You did it Mer- again, I know, Adrian. I know. I don't know why I can't say Mercedes. I was also I ran into <laughs> Nick and Nilia over the weekend at First nice. Friday. And Neely was like, uh, or maybe it was Nick. One of them was, was like, I heard that too. I noticed it and I was like, do I, do I, I don't want to say anything. I don't want to seem rude. I can correcting him. It's okay. It's okay. I know I pronounce things wrong. Let me know. I'll do my best to pronounce it correctly. But hey, we're giving away a 2023 Mercedes Benz CLA 250. You could win. All you got to do is go to grnonline.com and buy our raffle tickets. One ticket is $25 or five for $100. All proceeds go to the Guadalupe Radio Network. And if you want to be a super fan or you want to be super helpful and be a champion for the GRN, all you have to do is contact your local general manager. And if you contact your local general manager, buy tickets directly from them and actually pick up a few tickets and maybe sell some on his behalf, we'd be very grateful. So thank you very much. But... There are a lot of stories that have uh, crazy news over the weekend. Crazy news. We're going to cover a few of them. Uh, more. Each one of these stories could probably be a whole segment in itself, but we'll just cover them very briefly. The first story comes out of the Daily Wire talking about the, the spy balloon over, over the U.S. I'll read a section from their article here. The president allowed a Chinese spy balloon to fly over the U.S. for several days last week. McConnell, Senator Minority Leader Mitch McConnell said, U.S. military used an F-22 Raptor on Saturday to take out a Chinese spy balloon off the coast of South Carolina using a single air-to-air A-9X Sidewinder missile that was fired at an altitude of approximately 58,000 feet. McConnell said, we should not have let the People's Republic of China make a mockery of our airspace. It defies belief to suggest that there was there was nowhere between Alunitian Islands of Alaska and the coast of Carolina where the balloon could have been shot down right away without endangering Americans or Canadians. This was a reminder of the PRC's brazenness and Chinese and the President Biden's missed the opportunity to defend our sovereignty and send a message of strength and bolster deterrence. Now this is concerning to me because I also saw 
that there was a that China released a statement on Saturday afternoon saying for the U.S. to use uh, armed force, China will defend its interest and ha- and retains the right to respond further, which kind of to me sounds like a threat. I don't know about you, but this kind of sounds like a threat to me. I was very concerned by that. And the one thing that really struck me about this is that by sending something into our airspace, it's almost as if they're provoking war. Because if you shoot down a foreign person's, a foreign foreign government's material, then typically that doesn't go well for international relations. But if you send something in there and you know that it's going to get shot down and then you respond the way they did, it sounds to me that they're looking for an excuse to go to war or they don't care how they respond. They don't care how America responds because they're planning to go to war anyway. I hope I'm wrong. That's kind of the feeling I got from from seeing what was going on. It seemed like China is doing their best to provoke America. And now it's get the, the U.S. sentiment as well. And many people, U.S. citizens, especially the red-blooded Americans, uh, are up in arms. They're like, they, we can't let China do this. Well, let's not be so hasty to to get into war. Uh, Tito, Rudy, do you all have any thoughts about the, the Chinese spy balloon story? Yes. Uh, it reminds me when we sent uh, spy planes over the Soviet Union after the uh, uh, sometime after the end of the World War II, and they shot our plane down. But uh, we didn't come out with any threats or anything. We we just had a generic press uh, release. Didn't we like deny? We were like that, that wasn't us. <laughs> yeah, until they trotted out the, 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 the guy they, they captured. The, yeah. yeah, I know, I know. Uh, I I think it's a cultural uh, difference between China and the United States. China has not uh, been uh, culturized yet as to. Uh, international diplomacy. Now, they, they come more of a Confucius culture than a Western culture. And in Confucius culture, they want respectability. So they, they're trying to save face for their blunder. And so this is just rhetoric meant for the masses in China who are very upset right now with the current regime. So I, I don't think uh, I would put too much into it. Because I don't know what they can do to retaliate against us. I mean, besides just give us evil looks and uh, and throw their and and more press releases on this. Yeah, for sure. I'm and we're gonna get a guest sometime soon to talk about this story in terms of like, I want to know what can China actually do against us? Because to me, like Tito said, it seems to me that there's really nothing they can really do. We're too far away. Uh, from them. It's not like we're Japan or Taiwan where they have, they're right next door to them. It's very dangerous for those countries. But for the U.S., I mean, we have the oceans as defense, as the first line of defense. So that's interesting. The next story that I want to cover is this story out of Click to Houston. If you haven't heard this story, this is very concerning. And there was a comment in our, in our YouTube chat that I wanted to, uh, that kind of made a reference similar to this. Uh, Phyllis Sprout said, There's a story out of Boston that just popped up. The Salem-based organization SatanCon 2023 will be in downtown Boston from April 28th to the 30th with the theme being Hexenacht. Something like that. Hexenacht or something like that. Hexenacht. Hexenacht. There you go. Thank you. Thank you, Rudy. Uh, That's concerning. Why do we see so much Satanism on the rise? Click to Houston reported this is... Kind of a big deal. Click to Houston said, 
at around 6.30 a.m. after someone reported finding headless carcasses of goats, chickens, and a pigeon. Lieutenant Joel Caldwell from the Galveston Police Department said it was two headless goats, three chickens, and a pigeon were recovered from the beach. Caldwell said it appears the animals were killed as part of a Santeria animal sacrifice ceremony. Caldwell added that Sunday's discovery, now get this, now this is the part that shocked me the most. Caldwell added that Sunday's discovery isn't the first time animal remains from a sacrifice ritual was found on that same beach. Now, if you didn't know better, you know, if you didn't know, we're based out of Houston, Texas. And I live just a few miles away from Galveston. I'm probably about 30, less than 30 minutes away from Galveston. I hadn't heard that this was happening, that they have found this, the, the headless animals in Galveston multiple times. Now, if you're outside of Houston, I understand why you wouldn't have heard this. It's a, it seems like a local news story. But the reason why I bring this up and the reason why I found it interesting that Phyllis brought up that story about in Boston is we really see a rise of Satanism more and more every day, it seems. We're seeing satanic actions having a take-up, and that's very concerning. Santeria is a, is a perversion of the Catholic faith. It is a mockery of the Catholic faith. And Satan, and here's the problem. We can't just try to say, okay, well, this is bad, and try to, and try to push down all these evil things in the culture Without evangelization. Because these satanic groups are going to continue doing these things. They're going to continue doing, and and you think it's going to stop at animal sacrifice? This is something that's going to, it's just a a look at the ugly face of Satanism. Because these satanic groups try to pretend, oh, we're actually just atheists. Oh, that we're not associated with that satanic group. We, we don't really believe in Satan. He's just like a symbol for rebellion and say things like that. This is very concerning. And we have to speak out against this and stand against Satan. Because Satan is real and he is our enemy. And he's seeking to devour souls. And a lot of these cartel groups that come into the U.S. bring Santeria with them. They have a mockery of Our Lady of Guadalupe. They hate Our Lady and replace her with Santa Muerte, which is Saint Death. And they had, it's the image of Our Lady Guadalupe, but a skeleton. You can see this at Kroger. If you go to Kroger in Texas, you will often find holy candles that are normal Catholic holy candles. But then in the very bottom, they usually have Santeria holy candles and, and lottery holy candles. These kind of things. These are a perversion of the faith. Tito, uh, Rudy, do y'all have any thoughts? on that story that's so surprising yeah it's just uh the degradation of our culture we're getting further and further away from the roots of uh, christianity when you cut yourself off from it everything from god from jesus you start searching for other items around you that want you want to fill that gaping god hole that is missing from you god uh god has put uh the search for Jesus in our hearts is a natural inclination for us. And when that is removed, they search for other things to fill that in. And with the rise of fatherless children and, and, and the lack of direction, these, these kids, this, these young people are searching for things that they do not know or are unaware of what they're doing. And, and the worst of all is, is that they're playing with the demonic. They're trying to get through the, through the veil 
and see what's on the other side without understanding what they're doing. And many of them are, are like you said, atheists. They're just messing around, wanting to mock uh, all these so-called myths, and then they start playing around with Santeria or, 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 or doing those mock uh, executions on the beach by cutting off goats and, and chicken heads. It's, it's down the path towards perdition. And yes, maybe some people might be saying, well, you, you're, you're hyperventilating. Well, when you think about it, why are they doing that? Do you think they're holding stable jobs? Do you think they're out there being members of a productive community? It's just a symptom of what's going on wrong with the society. Yeah, for sure. Let's go into the next story. Then we only have, this is going to be the last thing we'll be able to talk about. But uh, if you're going to be near one of these Satan cons, things like that, get a group of Catholics together and have a protest. Go pray the rosary outside of those events. We need Catholics to, to rise up and and have a display of the faith in the public square. Uh, this last story comes out of Newsweek. They reported, quote, uh, from some uh, from breaking news. I am being told that Tyra Nichols was in a relationship with and worked at Memphis FedEx with Memphis police Demetrius Haley's ex-girlfriend and baby mama. After the beating officer, Haley's took a picture of Tyro Nichols's face and sent it to his baby mama. The Memphis Police Department is currently investigating rumors regarding the possible connection between them. On Wednesday morning, Newsweek asked the Shelby County District Attorney's Office if it was investigating possible rumors connecting Nichols to the ex-girlfriend or ex-wife of former Memphis cop Demetrius Haley. Additionally, Newsweek asked about rumors that Haley sent photos of Nicholas to his ex-wife following the violent arrest. At the time, none of those accusations are confirmed. However, nothing is off the table as this is a very active investigation and still early in the investigation, Williams added. So all that to say, real quickly, that we don't know all the information of the story yet. I'm not saying this is true. It may not be. They just, they saying right here very clearly that they don't know this is true. It's not confirmed. So we don't know. My point in reading that is to say it doesn't absolve the police officers of anything. If they still did this, they should still have the full extent of the law. But it changes the motive and it changes the entire narrative of the story. Up next, more on police with Officer Ray Hunt. We'll be right back. Does Jesus condemn praying the rosary in Matthew 6, 7 when he says, as the King James renders it, use not vain repetitions as the heathens do? Protestants think so. What's the Catholic response? First, Jesus is not condemning repetitious prayer per se. If he were, well then he would be condemning himself, since according to Mark 14, 39, he prayed multiple times, Father, remove this cup, not what I will, but what you will. But that's absurd. So what was Jesus condemning? He was condemning Gentile prayers, which were mindless repetitious prayers, as the Greek text suggests. The Gentiles recited prayers only to appease their gods. They were, as the RSV translates it, empty phrases, having nothing to do with expressing one's love for the gods. That's what Jesus is condemning, not the repetitious prayer of the rosary. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. I bet you're wondering to yourself, how can I win a 2023 Mercedes-Benz CLA 250C? Easy. Just go to grnonline.com or call 888-784-3476. Only $25 a ticket or five tickets for $100. The drawing is February 24th, 2023. So... 
Do you feel lucky? Well, do ya? Welcome back to the Catholic Drive Time Show. Today is February 6th, Monday, and these are your headlines for today. The surprise hit Lords documentary is coming to U.S. theaters. The film, which will be in 700 U.S. theaters February 8th and 9th, presents a unique and affecting view of the Catholic pilgrimage site. The inspiration for the movie came from its writer, veteran journalist Sistine Leon Dufour, who first went to Lourdes as a volunteer, very reluctantly. Once there, she was profoundly moved by the work, bathing, dressing, feeding, and talking to the pilgrims, and now returns with her family every year. When she is volunteering at Lourdes, she told CNA that she is struck by the faith of the pilgrims who, she said, come from consolation more than for a cure. The next, uh, next story from CNA is more than 100 pilgrims cross the Andes in a show of love for the Virgin Mary. The initiative was coordinated by the young men in the Schoenstatt movement and news from Argentina, Paraguay, Brazil and Chile participated. The pilgrimage has its origin in an international meeting of the Boys Youth of Schoenstatt movement, which was held in 1999 in Bella Vista, Chile. This movement, this pilgrimage, is based on uh, Chile's fight for independence and celebrating as a crusade back then. Next uh, news item is from LifeSite News. Franciscan friars in the Holy Land decried the escalating. Jewish attacks against Christians and shrines. A Jewish man's desecration of a statue of Jesus Christ is just the latest in a growing succession of serious acts of hatred and violence against the Christian community in Israel, according to local Catholic authorities. The Franciscans go on to decry how such incidents have been escalating in recent weeks, including a group of religious Jews who entered the New Gate and near their headquarters and attacked tourists while committing acts of vandalism, throwing chairs, tables and glasses, and transforming the Christian quarter into a battlefield. According to the Catholic ordinaries of the Holy Land, the police did not arrive for an hour when they finally looked, took the attackers away. And finally, from LifeSite News, a bill to protect pregnant women from violence passes its first test in Canada's House of Commons. Kathy Wagentil's proposal would amend the criminal code to include offenses against a woman known to be pregnant and evidence that the offense caused physical or emotional harm to a pregnant victim. And these are your Catholic headlines for February 6th, Monday. Thank you. Thank you, Tito Edwards, for keeping us up to date on the news. And you know that reading the news is not the easiest job in the world. Just, just ask myself, just ask Rudy. And sometimes it's pretty difficult. And uh, so pray for Tito as he starts developing his news reading skills. And uh, joining us in one second is Officer Ray Hunt with the Houston Police Department. He's the executive director of the Police Officer Union. Uh, but before I get in, we get into that conversation, I want to invite you to join our CDT Telegram chat. All you have to do is go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT and get in our email list. Every Friday, we send out an email list with some unique content that's just for you, and you can join our Telegram chat that way. We're going to close the Telegram chat to the general public on Ash Wednesday. It's going to be the last time that we're going to have the Telegram chat open until Easter. And during the season of Lent, 
we're going to have our own little book study with our group as a private organ, as a private telegram chat with CDT insiders. And we're going to either go over, I'm going to let y'all vote on which on which one y'all want to go over is either the timeless catechism of St. Robert Bellarmine or the catechism of St. Thomas Aquinas. Did you know St. Thomas wrote a catechism? Uh, we're going to go over one of those to try to, you know, teach the faith in a very short and concise way, because both of their catechisms are much, much smaller than the, the catechism of the Catholic Church, which is pretty large and a little daunting to go through. So if you don't want to do catechism of the year, you can do a catechism for Lent uh, with CDT. So joining us right now is Officer Ray Hunt, who's the executive director of the Police Officer Union. And we're going to talk about police baiters and First Amendment auditors, as they call themselves. You know, it's a very interesting thing, but uh, good morning to you, Officer Hunt. Good morning. You can call me Ray. And then good morning, Ray. Uh, you know, the, the police baiters, or what they call themselves, First Amendment auditors, I started seeing these videos started popping up on YouTube and they started getting recommended to me constantly, especially on YouTube shorts. They would get cut these like 30, 45 minute encounters with the police, cut them down to 15, 30 second videos where the police are, are freaking out on these people or the, the they're telling off the police officers or the police officers are walking away and they're making fun of them as they're walking away. And it really, it really rubbed me the wrong way. It really made me very upset, really, because I have a lot of friends who are in the police department, uh, various police departments around the U.S., and I started seeing these, and I started talking to other people who were seeing them, and they thought they were hilarious. They were thinking, they were talking about, oh, that's so funny. Oh, they're, those police officers are getting what they deserve. Or, oh, look, they're exercising their rights. So good. We should promote this. Now, I was thinking to myself, yeah, in, in one sense, yeah, it's good that people see and know their rights. In the other sense, police officers are human beings. They're not robots. They're human beings who, if you provoke them, you're a human being. You then we should have a decorum. We should be able to control our emotions. But sometimes you do something, and you know you have a bad work day. It's just when you're a police officer, having a bad work day can mean uh, worse things for than than someone else. Uh, but what are your thoughts on this in general? Police baiters, First Amendment auditors, that kind of thing. Yeah, I definitely call them police baiters and not First Amendment auditors because they they uh, they're out there doing a disservice not only to the police departments but also to the citizens who need the police. In your news story earlier, you talked about uh, it took over an hour for the police to arrive to a scene. That's what happens whenever our officers are needlessly kept at scenes by these people who claim to be First Amendment auditors. For the few segments that they show on YouTube, they don't show you the thousands and thousands of times that they videotape officers where the officers do absolutely nothing wrong, have very thick skin, and simply walk away from these people who have nothing better to do than to go out there and try to bait a cop. Yeah. Yes, I mean, it's... It's really concerning seeing that because, you know, I, I I support the right to understand for people to understand their rights and and but you know knowing our rights is something that we as Americans don't really understand. So for instance, what exactly do do we mean when we have the Fifth Amendment? Whenever people say, "Oh, I plead the fifth, you often see these these police baiters, these First Amendment auditors. You see them, and they will say, "Oh, I don't talk to police." Or, oh, I, I'm not answering any questions. And I understand that, you know, with the Miranda rights, you don't, you have a right to remain silent and not incriminate yourself. However, does that translate to, I don't need to give the police my ID? I don't need to, 
identify myself. I don't have to answer any of the police questions. Is that is that right? And and it further, even if it is true, is it ever a good idea to do that? Well, obviously, you, you don't have to speak to anyone. You have a first uh, amendment right to remain silent. However, let me say this. Uh, normally, when an officer is asking that question, that officer already has probable cause to either make an arrest or write you a citation. So, for example, if I stop you on a traffic violation, you tell me I don't have to give you my driver's license. I don't have to answer any questions. You're going to be arrested for that traffic violation. If you simply give your driver's license, the person checks it, they write a citation to that person with a promise to later appear. If you're trespassing on property where you shouldn't be at, you say, I'm not giving you my driver's license. The chance of you getting out of that trespassing with a verbal warning is zero. You're going to be arrested because we don't know who you are. You're going to be arrested for that trespassing and taken to the jail where we're able to print you and identify who you are. So, yes, they they do have a right to do that. But if they're violating the law at the time, they're most likely going to go to jail. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's a good point. So if you, you're saying that, yeah, you can choose to not say anything, but if you choose to not say anything, then the only thing they can do is bring you downtown and then you can battle it out in the courts, I suppose. The other, the other thing that's interesting, you brought up trespassing is I often see these, these police baiters, um, recording police officers like through windows of the police station. Sometimes they'll even go into the police station and I'm very well aware, you know, we have rights to be on, on public sidewalks. I do rosary rallies on public sidewalks against Mm -hmm. things like satanic, uh, uh, events, drag queen shows, things like that. I, we do that all the time. I, go out with a group of people and we pray the rosary and do things like that. But people, they'll, these people make the claim, oh, well, the police departments are public property, so I have a right to go in there and record. Is that true? What is the laws regarding in the, in the not just the laws, but best practice as well in regards to using our public rights and, and public forums? Well, as far as the laws go, you, you're, you have a right to record uh, anything that, that you can see from the public area. However, if you're inside of a building that, that other people have a greater uh, right to, to be than you do, such as a police station where they're trying to run a business and someone's making a, a disrupt in the activities going on in there, that person is going to be asked to leave if that person refused to leave. We're going to contact the district attorney's office, and in most cases, they're going to get a trespassing on that person after we've told them to leave if they refuse to leave, and that person would be arrested. But as far as videotaping, we have a nut that stands outside of our, our police station on a regular basis and videotapes all the cars that are exiting the garage. Most of the time, those are going to be undercover officers and that, but they're allowed to do that. They're allowed to be in a public place and to, to, to do that. When they do and they start posting license plate numbers and, and descriptions of people, yes, they're jeopardizing the safety of police officers, but we do have a constitution that protects them from doing that, unfortunately. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you very much. Uh, we're about to go to a break. When we come back, you know, we're going to talk about the idea of resisting arrest. And, you know, sometimes I've seen people claim you sometimes have a right to resist arrest. If it's an unlawful arrest, you can resist. And so I'm going to we're going to ask about is that true? Is it and not only is it true if you're legally allowed to do it, but should you do it? Is it a good idea? Uh, why should you not do that? And things like that. And so we're going to have those questions on the other side of the break. Uh, thank you to Officer Ray, or just Ray, to uh, for being on with us. And we're going to have that conversation in just one moment. We're going to talk about some other things about traffic stops, um, recording videos, and these kind of questions. And we'll be back in one moment. TRN is raffling off a 2023 Mercedes-Benz CLA 250C. Whoa, Doc, that's heavy. 
What, are we going to have to, like, go back in time to get tickets? Not at all, Marty. Just call 888-784-3476 or go to grnonline.com. We better hurry, Marty. The drawing takes place February 24th, the year 2023. We really need one of those smartphones, Doc. Paragraph 2223 in the Catechism of the Catholic Church states that parents have the first responsibility for the education of their children. First and foremost, this is in regards to the education in the faith. One really fun way of doing this is to take a Catholic calendar and at the beginning of each month, choose a day to celebrate, either a saint's day or a feast day. For instance, on December 12th, the Feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe, spread a serape across the table, have a Mexican food feast and put on the mariachi music. Place a statue or a picture of Our Lady of Guadalupe in the middle of the table. Tell the kids who she is and why you're celebrating. Do this every month with a different saint or feast day and imagine how much of the faith that you will learn together while you have fun as a Catholic family. This has been a minute for your marriage and family from the Three Hearts Institute. You can find us at threeheartsinstitute.org. We are back. We're here with Ray Hun, Executive Director of Police Officers Union, and we're discussing these police baiters, or you might have heard of them as First Amendment auditors. They have these very popular on YouTube, gotten tons of views, and that's another thing that bothers me about, about these people is they harass police officers in order to make money. And I've, I've heard a lot of these, these people, I was listening to a lot of their interviews and things they have to say, and... And some of these people had really bad experience with a police officer at some point, and it kind of just made them embittered. And so they do this to perfectly innocent police officers out of response to a really bad encounter they had with a particular police officer. And I was looking at the amount of police officers that exist in the United States, and if if even 1% of police officers are bad, that's about 8,000 bad police officers in the in the U.S., if it's about 5%, that's about forty to 45,000 bad police officers in the U.S. So even if it's just a tiny fraction of bad police officers, you, it, there's going to be there are going to be people out there. Uh, Ray, I, I want to ask you about the humanity of police officers. For some reason, we kind of dehumanize police officers, and we kind of see them as the badge. You are just a, a, a stooge of the state. And they people insult police officers by calling them very vile names. Uh, but police officers are human beings. They're just like you and I. They have families. They have friends. They go to church. They go to sports leagues. They they play sports. They have coach their kids basketball games. Uh, could you tell me about uh, police officers? As far as you're you're going to have the one or two percenters that uh that are going to give a bad name to everyone else but uh we know that that you should not be painting everybody with the same brush when you see the stuff that happened in memphis when you see the george floyd things and those kind of incidents you you say are all cops like that what you don't see is is all the great things that police officers do on a daily basis uh, 18 years on night shift i can't tell you how many times during the christmas time that that officers would go to a disturbance scene and see a christmas tree or no christmas tree and no gifts there parents fighting or there's only one parent there and they don't know how to pay their bills and the officer goes down to the 24-hour walmart and takes money out of their own pocket and goes and pays for gifts that happens every single christmas probably in every major city in this country but those folks don't want to 
look at those people. They want to look at the, the few bad apples that are no longer the people, for example, that did George, George uh, Floyd are in prison. Who has to pay for those sins of those persons? All the officers who are doing great jobs out there on the streets, and that's very unfortunate. I don't know if you plan to have on your break a minute ago the threeheartsinstitute.org, but if you heard them, one of their first tenets was to please educate, the resp- responsibly educate your children. And if parents would do that and let them know that, that the, the, uh, the bad cops are the exception and not the rule, and that you need to comply, then complain, and we all go home alive. If everybody would did that would do that, we'd have a lot more less problems. You mentioned a minute ago about uh, persons have a right to resist. The, const- the, the penal code in Texas does not give a person the right to resist. They do say that if you flee from the police on foot and you're not guilty of what they were chasing you for, you have a defense to prosecution. But that does not mean that you're not going to jail. However, that provision is not there for resisting. You cannot resist arrest. Once you do that, you have violated the law. Yes, thank you very much for that clarification. And in, you know, I was talking to a officer who was a friend of mine, and he was telling me he's like, you know, in ten years, I wrote one citation, and people have this this idea that police officers are always out to to write people up for citations and to pull people over. He's like, he's like, ninety nine percent of the time, I pull people over. They're just good people trying to get along with their day. And he's like, I check up on them, make sure everything's good. And he said, the one time I had a citation was because the person was vagrantly violating the law. They were running through red lights, multiple red lights, and just kept going. And then I was like, I had no choice. I needed to. And they pulled him over, and they were just insulting me. And I was and I was like, I had to. I had to give them citation. And I, in my personal experience, you know, I am – I may or may not have uh, have violated a few traffic laws in my day, and uh, you know, ninety percent of the time, if I'm respectful to the police officer, I he comes up, he he talks to me, or she will come up talk to me. I tell them the situation, they ask me a couple questions, I answer all their questions, provide them my information, and ninety percent of the time, the police officer is like, "Well, I'm just going to let you off on a warning. You have a good day," and we leave, and it's no big deal. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm, my last name's Fonseca. I'm not white. Uh, I am Hispanic, and yet I've never had a bad encounter uh, with a police officer. What do you think about these ideas that police officers are racist? Police officers are out to give citations. These kind of ideas. It's, it's just uh, erroneous ideas that people have about the police officers. Uh, I, in my 18 years on night shift patrol, I can tell you that I probably wrote red light tickets one, maybe five times in my 18 years. I was not a ticket writer. There are persons who are assigned to traffic enforcement, and most of those persons, and, and I, when I trained officers, I trained my, my rookies for 15 years. I trained, and I trained them. If a person has good insurance and a good attitude, give them a warning. However, if you have a good insurance and a good attitude and you don't get a warning, you're probably in an area where there's a targeted response. For example, uh, we got multiple calls that speeders were going down a specific street, so we set up on that street and we try to try to tone that down to where we're not having as many uh, speeders going down the street. You may have a program where the state says we want to encourage persons to wear their seatbelts, so they're targeting people not wearing their seatbelts. So most of those those tickets that get written for that to good people are because you're in a targeted area that has a specific job to try to tone down the, the violations in that area. Uh, Mr. Hunt, uh, let me ask you this. Uh, this is, uh, you know, one of the aspects of this conversation is it's just one facet of the whole thing, right? I mean, we're seeing a lot of uh, of need for police officers, especially after 
you know, the summer of, of love, the mostly peaceful summer that we just had uh, after the, the, the George Floyd riots. But uh, we're seeing that there's less and less people who are qualified or even want to become police officers. Is there a crisis in terms of, uh, of recruiting numbers? Is there uh, a sort of uh, a response to this, uh, this optics problem that the media seems to overblow most of the time? There is a major crisis across the country in metropolitan areas for police officers. Uh, we, we do not have enough officers. The city of Houston will tell you that we're about 1,500 officers short. Our mayor and council have authorized us to, to have as many classes as we possibly can to, to, to bring our numbers back up. We just can't fill all of our classes. We can't get persons who want to do this. I mean, we're probably, we are the only profession that everything you do is on body camera. Can you imagine running your life every day at work on a body camera and, and knowing that someone is going to audit that camera and see exactly everything that you say, everything that you're, you're, you're doing in your, in your, in your job? Uh, even our police chiefs and commanders don't have that. So it's only those patrol officers who are down there in the trenches who are, are, are scrutinized night and day, literally night and day, and everything that they say on the scene. It, it is, it's not something that people are saying, ooh, I really want to go do that. Policing is a, a, it's a calling, no doubt, and we're just having less and less people called to it whenever they see the kind of things that happen. You are one call away from an indictment. If you make the wrong decision and that person is reaching for their wallet and you think they're reaching for a gun because a call slip said they had a gun and you shoot that person and you end up getting indicted for negligent homicide and possibly sent to prison for 10 years, that's very difficult to know that every call that you go to, there's a potential for an indictment and or conviction. Mm. It's very difficult for us to recruit right now, and we're not the only ones. Ryan, this is Tito. Just on top of all of that, you have... Uh, talking about rights, does it does seem to me on the surface at the very least that I think the public uh, and a large part of the public has a misunderstanding of what their rights are. They seem to think that having the right to res- uh, to disobey or, or not listen or, or not be cooperative means being rude, disrespectful, being spiteful. It, <clears throat> is there a, a, a disconnect? between what people learn in civics or what, what their, their, their colleagues and, and their elders around them behave, that they, they believe that they have a, a right not only to disobey, but just be a, an uncivilized uh, uh, citizen of the U.S. when they're around officers. Do you, do you see it, that disconnect? Do you, can you identify what that pro, why people are so hostile in the last five years, toward, uh, the rise in hostility towards police officers? I think you may be showing your age when you're talking about civics because I'm not convinced that our schools today, at least the public schools, are teaching civics like I, I learned whenever I was in public school. I was learned to respect authority. I was learned to respect police officers. And I think now you've got a lot of teachers in public schools and, and, and the woke culture out there that are teaching persons that, that you don't have to listen. You don't have to do this. So I, I, I teach a class at a university here once a, a semester with another officer, a younger officer, and he and I have different views on what you should do. For example, we talk about if you're stopped on a traffic stop and the officer says, can I search your car? I tell people, I would let them search it if you know there's nothing there. The younger officer says, absolutely not. I would not let them search it. I have a right not to have my car searched. And he's right. He's right and I'm right. I just treat it differently than he does if I know I haven't done anything wrong. Now, some persons may say that, that, that I'm giving up my rights. I don't think so at all. I think I'm just making it a little bit easier for that police officer to do his job and for him to leave there knowing that I was a good person and that he didn't have to worry about people like me. 
I think many people believe that uh, if they're not exercising that right, that they're going to lose that right. So seeing the rise of woke culture and and the disrespect for authority and showing my age that they no longer teach civics or even proper uh, civics anymore, what do you see as a possible remedy to this? I mean, do we need to bring to do we need to bring back political science and civics to class, or, or is it just a general society breakdown where they see their parents always uh, fighting against the man, and they think they have the right to do the same to police officers, firefighters, teachers, or anyone else in a position of authority that has to exercise the law or protect the law? I, I, I think it's a it's it's a broken society. Uh, I think it's probably going to have to have a miracle to, to change that. I know miracles can happen, but I think it's going to have to do that. I know that whenever I was in school, if, if I got in trouble, my parents automatically believed the teacher. Today, mm-hmm. it's the opposite. It's the teacher that's the problem. It's, uh, it's something other than my child. And, and I just, I, I just am, am very fearful that, that it's a broken society that's not going to be, not going to be repaired, at least not in my lifetime. Yes, I, this is it's it really is a societal problem. I remember that video and I want to get your take on this. There's a I saw this video of these police officers I was coming up and these little children who were black were going up to the kid to the police officers were kicking them, punching them, and they were probably two, three, still in their diapers and they were just yelling at the police officers. It was really sad to see and their parents were nearby and not doing anything about it and egging them on basically. And I was shocked by that. Uh, what was your, what's your analysis of that kind of situation? I, I can promise you they learned it from their parent. Well, and I say parent because most of the persons who are disrespectful out there are living in single-parent households, no fault of their own. But uh, that, that's where they're, they're, they're only getting it from one side, and that parent may not be the best character. Thank you, Ray Hunt. We're out of time. Uh, thank you for your time and for uh, informing us about this information and giving us some uh, perspective from a from someone who has been on the streets and actually seen everything firsthand. So thank you very much for joining us. All right, that's going to do it for this hour. And maybe let me know what do you think about this conversation. And maybe we're going to in the future have more conversation like this. But in the next hour, the Fear and Trembling Game Show. And who is Tito Edwards? We'll be right back. It was somewhat of an accident, and I have a lot of windshield time driving for work and. Usually I'm listening to my gospel music, and so I wanted to find something else different. And so I started scrolling. I found Guadalupe Radio. I started listening to it on a regular basis. And what I realized, had I found this station years ago, my conversion would have probably happened years ago. The Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Most of us can recall a childhood memory of innocence and a peace that only comes from God. Yet with our busy schedules today, many families don't attend church weekly or spend much time teaching their children about God. So many families now are burdened by financial and family challenges, substance abuse, and other worries. But there is hope. Studies show that people who pray regularly and practice their Christian faith are less stressed, financially stable, more compassionate, optimistic, healthier, and happier. Experience a positive difference in your life and for your family by coming home to your parish. Learn more by visiting catholicscomehome.org today. Here you may find answers to your questions and discover how Jesus and the sacraments will bless your family. There's no pressure or risk. You've got nothing to lose and everything to gain. Do it for your kids. 
do it for yourself. Visit catholicscomehome.org today. Hi, I'm Debbie Giorgiani. And I'm Adam Bly. We're the hosts of The Spirit World every Saturday morning on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Join us as we help answer your questions on angels, demons, and how the physical and spiritual worlds interact. That's The Spirit World from the Station of the Cross studios every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. In your car, at the office, or in your home, we're always here. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Hi, I'm Sarah, a parishioner at Annunciation, and you're listening to the Guadalupe Radio Network on AM 1430 KSHJ Houston. Radio for your soul. Welcome to Catholic Drive Time. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca, and it is so good to be here on this Monday morning. It's a beautiful day to be on Catholic Radio. I can see the sun beginning to rise in the distance. The very small glimmers of light coming out. It's a good morning. The birds singing. I can hear them chirping. Chirp, 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 chirp. But do you know what yesterday was? Sunday. It was Sunday. It was Septuagesima Sunday. And I was reading this, this commentary by Father John Riccabi. Uh He was an English Jesuit priest, and he was talking about... This what's called Shrovetide or Septuagesima. It's uh, known by the the people in England as Shrovetide. So uh, we're going to introduce Tito Edwards in a second. He actually goes to a a English patrimony church. So we're going to talk to him in a second about that. But Father John Rickaby said Shrovetide gives warning, and more than warning, that the season of mourning is at hand. Its purificatory purpose is mentioned in the treaties put among the works of Alcan and Theostatus and Bishop of Orleans, a bishop of Charlemagne. Give this explanation. One week before Lent, confession must be made to a priest that all may enter upon the holy season, cleansed from their sins, and established in peace with God and their neighbor. So what is Septuagesima? It means seventy within 70 days. So within 70 days of Easter. That means we're getting ready for Lent. So now is the time to start preparing. Don't wait until Ash Wednesday to be like, oh, I guess I'm going to just do what I did last year. And uh, let's start preparing now. Start preparing your mind. Go to confession. If you haven't been to confession in a while, it's time to get clean and start making sacrifices. It's ready. You get yourself ready to go. And speaking of getting yourself ready, are you ready? To win a polar white Mercedes-Benz CLA 250. Because we are giving away a Mercedes-Benz CLA 250. We're giving away the ticket. It's, it's your opportunity to win by buying one ticket for $25 or five for $100. You can buy them at grnonline.com. Or contacting your local general manager. Get to know your local general manager. He would want to get to know you. So make sure you come swing by their studio sometime and get to know them. And you can pick up some tickets while you're there and maybe sell a few and to support Catholic Radio. But if you need ideas for what you need to do for Lent, here's a recommendation for you. Join our email list. Go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT 
and there you can get on our email list. And when you do, we're going to start, we're going to give away our free Telegram chat link. And when you click that link, you'll be joined in our private group chat. When you, it's just me, Rudy, Tito's going to be in there and the CDT insiders. And we interact, we chat with each other, we provide suggestions for different things. And we're going to do a devotional together. And what is that that we're going to do together? You know, there's a crisis in learning our faith. And many Catholics, even good Catholics, have come up to me. Um, I've had people after church on uh, Friday, after Good Friday, after not on Good Friday, after the uh, the the devotion for the Sacred Heart, went up to me and were telling me how, you know, I just, I just didn't learn the faith and I'm trying to learn it now. And there's still a lot of things I don't know. And so I thought it would be a good idea for Lent. We could either do, and I'm going to let you all in the Telegram chat vote for this, would you rather do the Aquinas Catechism? It's a very short catechism in comparison to the Catechism of the Catholic Church. A very short catechism written by St. Thomas Aquinas that you know he wrote a catechism. Or the Catechism of St. Robert Bellarmine. It's called the Timeless Catechism of Robert Bellarmine. And so we're going to either go through one of those two. And I'm going to let you uh, be the judge and write to uh, to decide which one you want to do. But the way to join us in that is to join our email list. And in the email list, there'll be a link to join our Telegram chat. So make sure you do that. Go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT. But let's jump into this conversation with Tito Edwards. Tito Edwards uh, with a big pulpit.com is probably how you've heard him be uh, referred to during our show in the past when he's been a, a guest co-host and a guest uh, on the show, contributor to the show. Then, uh, But Tito Edwards, tell us about yourself beyond BigPulpit.com. Well, I, I hail from uh, the great state of Hawaii. Oh, wow. And uh, I went to undergrad school at the University of Arizona, and I did a lot of uh, warehouse management work uh, between then and now, well, then and 10 years ago. Uh, when I met my lovely bride and wife, I decided that uh, I needed a change of course, and I started BigPulpit.com. So there we are. I'm actually, uh, my name's Robert Edwards, but... Uh, I was about to ask you, Tito. People are dying to know, what is Tito short for? <laughs> it's it's a diminutive for Robert. In the English-speaking world, it would be Bob. And uh, it was a race to the finish. When I was born, my grandfather would love to call me Fog, and my mother, born and raised in Mexico, uh, would call me Tito. And of course, the you know who was the winner of that? Uh, <laughs> biology <laughs> solved that problem. My grandfather <laughs> passed away, and and so Tito stuck. The irony of all this is, I was always called Robert until I got to college. And when, now this is the days before the internet, you know, back in the middle, uh, middle ages. And, uh, so they had to call in to the dormitories. And my mother called in once and asked for Tito. And they didn't know who Tito was when they was finally explained. It spread like wildfire. And for the next five years after college, I always introduced myself as Robert, but somehow, somewhere they would find out my name was Tito and it stuck. So then I gave up. I introduced myself as Tito, and uh, very, very few people know me as Robert unless we grew up together and went to high school and college. Uh, 
Tito's it. I did not know that it was short for Robert. Yeah, really, I would never. Know? Yeah, I've never guessed. I have never heard that before. No. no. So, uh, so just to clarify, would it, would they call you Robertito? Is Correct. That, oh, okay. Oh, so that's how they shortened it. Correct. Oh, okay. Got it. Yes. Right. Okay. Like Adrianito and Rudito. Rudito. I only yeah. they only call me that when I'm in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tito, tell us about yourself in terms of your Catholic faith. Were you are you a cradle Catholic? Uh, you converts. Um, tell us about your 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 quote unquote your faith journey. I am a cradle Catholic, born, raised, baptized. Uh, went to elementary school, uh, then high school, where it it kind of weakened and completely disappeared by the by the time I finished my first year in college. Uh, so I became a cultural Catholic, and they're uh, at, 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 at a one rough year in in, in college, and uh, so I determined to find my way and being back to the good old Robert now Tito Edwards, and and uh, it was a long journey, and and for some reason or another, God, in His infinite wisdom, took His time to to move me along. And on the eve of John Paul II's funeral mass, I went and joined a procession of Catholics, young adults, uh, from the University of St. Thomas here in Houston. And we walked, processed from the co-cathedral to the UST campus. And I, something happened there. Probably uh, our, the Virgin Mary touched my heart. And from then on, it went from a middling cultural Catholicism to an on-fire, intentional, uh, full-force Catholicism. And, and uh, for five years, I was on fire. I mean, I devoured books. I started uh, learning as much as I could. I discovered that Jesus was in the Eucharist. I know, strange for a cultural Catholic not knowing that, but then the, uh, the, the numbers show why. And, uh, and then I realized, wow, I can, how many times can I get them? And, and sadly, they told me only once a day. <laughs> so I started attending daily mass and, and I mean, I was so on fire. If you remember jo George Weigel's biography on John Paul II, about five or 600 pages, I read that in less than two days. Uh, I was flaming, and and uh, and in the middle of that, I started a blog to to explore my faith and 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 uh, learn more, and and from that arose uh, my little business apostolate, Little Vatican. I opened other websites, Big Pulpit being one of the popular of the three that I that I have, and uh, at the they say on average five years, you're 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 hot, you are on fire, and and around the end of five years, you cool down and and you have nice coals burning, and 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 in order to to you have to maintain your faith. You can't just exercise once and then all oh, right, I'm 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 ready to go run a a half mile in the Olympics. No, you have to you have to nurture your faith. So I nurture my faith through through many avenues. And uh, I met my wife, and, and, and from there, 10 years passed, and uh, for some unbeknownst reason to me, you guys have hired me, and I'm so happy to be here. Tell me about the, uh, the English church, you know, the Anglican ordinariate. You're not, you're not Anglican. Mm -hmm. uh, you, were, you just told us you're a cradle Catholic, so how did you end up at Our Lady of Walsingham? And if people don't know, 
Uh, Our Lady Walsingham is the cathedral for the personal ordinary of the chair of St. Peter, which is was created in order to invite and bring in Anglican converts into the to the Catholic Church and claiming to hold to the Anglican patrimony. Uh, But how did you end up there? I was actually uh, a traditional. uh, Well, I'm still a traditionalist, but I was a TLMer. And uh, our Vatican II study group would m- go to a different church uh, every Sunday. And when I, I attended Our Lady of Walsingham, it was as if it was what this is how Vatican II is supposed to be implemented in high honorary language for, for our Lord Jesus Christ. And I felt like I was in heaven. There, there, uh, well, the rude screens were added later, but it, it was a reverent and pious mass. It seemed like everyone knew that Jesus was in the tabernacle, and, and, and it was hushed tones. It was quiet as you would walk in before Mass and quiet when you would walk out after Mass. And, and the priest was facing Jesus in the tabernacle, unlike the Novus Ordo, where he has his back towards God himself. And, and and not to knock that at all, it was just a summation of all the things that we were studying about Vatican II was being implemented correctly. And my heart just sang, and and I learned about choir music, and and I and I I said I, I was hooked. I was I was done. I went signed up the following week, and and I've been there ever since. How long ago was that? Wow. About uh, 11, 12 years ago. Oh, wow. So you've been with them since like oh, practically the beginning when they, they uh, finally had a bishop. Yes, before that. Yes, when we were part of the archdiocese, I was with them. Wow. <laughs> You're one of the OG joiners. That's yes. crazy. Yes, I am. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, they get so many people who are, you know, when they first they first started, it was, you know, created for former Anglicans and, you know, people who just love the beauty decided that they were going to go and now they're just like it's probably majority uh, not anglican converts now <laughs> yes it is it, it, it funny that it's an english patrimonial church and mostly uh, mexicans yes about 50 percent hispanics mexicans venezuelans uh colombians it is it is uh the irony is is uh incredible i i just love it i myself i'm Welsh on the American side and Castilian Jewish on my Mexican side. So uh, I feel I, I blend right in. Um, I, I Well, when I say I blend right in, if you're Catholic, you blend easily. And, and it is such a beautiful patrimony. What, what they did was they took uh, what Cramer uh, wrote for the Anglican service and they purged all the ill, the non- the liturgical aspects that had nothing to do with the Latin rite, and they filled in the rest uh, with uh, the traditions that was there, and we have the beautiful ordinary Mass that we have today. Thank you. Awesome. Well, thank you very much, Tito, for that explanation of your background. Let people get to know you. If you want to ask him questions, join us in the after show, and we'll be able to jump into more with Tito Edwards. Uh, But we're going to do our game show, Fear and Trembling, 
So make sure you call in 877-757-9424-877-7524. You can win a prize. It's a very special prize today. 877-757-9424. Make sure you call now. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Debbie Giorgiani. And I'm Adam Bly. We're the hosts of The Spirit World every Saturday morning on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Join us as we help answer your questions on angels, demons, and how the physical and spiritual worlds interact. That's The Spirit World from the Station of the Cross studios every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. What does it take to constitute an actual church? Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, a gathering of Christians is not automatically a church. Although Matthew 18 says, where two or three are gathered in my name, I am in their midst, that is not a text to be interpreted as a premise for a church. That's a requirement to legitimize an accusation. Secondly, Catholic teaching. Christ established and sustains the church as both a mystical community and a visible organization with hierarchy and jurisdiction. And thirdly, my take. Eventually, you have to decide what one item is absolutely essential for our Lord to say, that's my church. So is it a church if there's simply a common belief in the Bible or perhaps just a doctrinal agreement? Is it compliance to the Apostles' Creed? Could it be the stamp of approval from a denomination? Maybe an ordained pastor makes it officially a church. So you know that place you've been attending every Sunday morning at 10 a.m.? Maybe it's not even a church. Maybe it's just a good, healthy hangout. Ooh. Holy raffle, Batman! The GRN is raffling off a Mercedes-Benz CLA 250C. If we win, that could be our new Batmobile. Great idea, Robin. Uh, How do we get tickets? Easy, Batman. Just go to grnonline.com or call 888-784-3476. Tickets are $25 for one or $100 for five. I knew you were good for something. Quick, hand me my bat phone. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. (laughs) The Catholic Trivia Game Show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424 is the number to call if you want to join our game show, Fear and Trembling. I'm your host, Adrian Fonseca, and you know today we're going to be uh, announcing a very special prize, at least it's special to me. And if you want to join in and try to uh, win this prize, all you have to do is call 877-757-9424. Right now, our phone lines are wide open, ready for you to hop on a call, 877-757-9424 is the number to call to join in the game show. And you know, I got to say, all you got to do to win is call in because the questions are really easy. I don't even ask you the question. I ask Rudy, and I'm going to ask Tito the question, and they're going to give me the right or wrong answer. It's going to be very simple, and but you have to go and hop on a call right now, 877-757-9424. You have a 50-50 chance of winning. If you someone calls in and they get a, they're like, I don't know any of these answers. If you guess, 
you have a 50% chance of getting each one of these questions right. And each question you get right gets one opportunity into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. So, but you, the only way you can win though is if you call into the show at 877-757-9424. Rudy Carlos is waiting for you to, uh, to call in so you can be on the game show. It's 877-757-9424. And our prize this week, and I'm going to tell you the prize because it's very special. We're going to give a CDT prize pack. However, there's a small little catch. With the CDT prize pack, we're going to actually be giving away my little sister's art. If you, Have you seen my sister's art? I have to say, if you have not seen my little sister's art, you're going to be blown away by how it is. You think, oh, it's your little sister's art. How cute. No, my little sister is an amazing artist in the realist tradition. You can actually go see her art, Emily Fonseca Art, on Instagram. Go check it out. Or if you follow me on Facebook, I share it there. Her arts, like recently she sold a painting for $6,000. So it, she's a professional artist. And we're going to give away a free print of her art. And you, all you have to do to win is call into the game show this week. So make sure you keep that number on speed dial because now we just have the the, light, the phone line just lit up. And so if you're going to want to get a, a, a free print of my sister's art, and I'm going to ask her, maybe I can convince her to give me a second one. So maybe you get two free prints. I'm going to ask her, see what she says. But I'm for sure we're going to give away one free, even if I have to pay for it myself and give it to you. But I, <laughs> I, I will be giving it to you. So, But joining us right now is Marcus joining us. Good morning to you, Marcus. Good morning. Good morning. Where are you calling from? From Little Elm, Texas. From Little Elm, Texas. Mm. Wow. That's pretty awesome. Where is Little Elm, Texas at? Is that near uh, Dallas? Yeah, on top of Dallas, right next to Frisco. Okay, okay. Well, thank you very much, Marcus, for calling in. Where are you off to today? I'm off to physical therapy. Physical therapy? Did you? Were you playing rugby and uh, accidentally uh, injured your leg like Tito Edwards over here did? Yeah, something like that. I was shoveling too much and gave myself carpal tunnel. Ooh, wow. That's no fun. That's now, no fun. Marcus, what is Little Elm known for? Little Elm is known for not having any big box stores. Oh, oh that's nice. awesome. That's You're awesome. So I love lucky. that. <laughs> yes. I, I love it. I was driving through Wisconsin, and, and whenever we were, I was looking around. I was like, I haven't seen a Walmart. That's incredible. In like two hours. And I, I just think it's so amazing, you know, things more local. I, I love that. Well, Marcus, thank you for calling in. Uh, we're going to jump into our game show. Do you know how the game is played? I do not. Okay, let me explain the, how the game show works for you. Uh, we have three questions here. And I'm going to ask Tito and I'm going to ask Rudy these questions. And someone's going to be right, someone's going to be wrong, someone's going to give you a, tr a, a true answer, someone's going to give you a false answer, and it's your job to determine who's right, who's wrong. Um, if you don't know the answer, if you just guess, you have a 50-50 chance of getting it right. Uh, does that make sense to you, Marcus? Yes. Awesome. All right, are you ready? Yes. Awesome, let's do it then. Uh, let's go with Rudy Carlos to start off. All right. Rudy are you ready? I am ready. You're ready. Well, let's jump into it. The first question is, who is the patron saint of Canada? Canada. Canada. As they say, the great white north, mm. where our friend Alan is from. Well, that's going to be Saint Anne. 
Saint Anne, you say? Yes. Okay, Saint Anne. Like Saint Anne's Revenge, the ship. Mm, Famous ship. I've never heard of that one. Oh, okay. Mm. Well, Tito, let's ask you, who is the patron saint of Canada? What say you, Tito Edwards? I would say St. Brendan the Explorer. He discovered Canada before Christopher Columbus did. Oh, wow. St. Saint Brendan. Hmm. Okay. Well, Marcus, Tito seems to think it's St. Brendan. I, I've never personally heard of a St. Brendan, but uh, Rudy's saying it's St. Anne. Marcus, what what do you think? Who is the patron saint of Canada? Is it St. Anne, as Rudy says, or is it St. Brendan, as Tito says? I think it's St. Anne. You think it's St. Anne? Rudy Carlos, hmm. what do you think? Is it? It's right. It's right. Way to go, Marcus. You got it. Yes, it is in fact true. Saint Anne is the patron patron saint of Canada. I wonder Some would why. Say I don't patroness. know why. Patroness. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. true. That's true. I wonder why. I don't know the story of why she would be, but it's very interesting. I'm glad. I'm glad to know that. We'll look it up and tell you in the after show. Sounds good. Sounds good. Well, let's jump into the second question, Marcus. You're already in the coffee cup one time to win this week's prize, uh, but if you want to win a second one, we're going to jump into the next question, which is, what is the term for a cleansing with water out of reverence used for both people and things? Let's start with you, Tito Edwards. I would say uh, the ablution. The ablution. Okay. Okay. So Tito says that the term for cleansing with water out of reverence for both people and things is called ablutions. Rudy Carlos, what is the term for a cleansing with water out of reverence used for both people and things? Ah, yes. That's called the hosing. The hosing. The hosing. Yes. I've heard a lot of people when they... uh, I go to prison, they they have to go through that. Yeah, if you remember, actually, earlier in the, the first hour of the show, we were talking about how the Jews were ritually cleansing their hands. Mm. That's what they called it. It's a Jewish term, hosing. Oh, okay. Okay, I didn't know that. That's, that's good to know. Okay, uh, Marcus, we have two answers here. Tito Edwards says that the answer is ablutions for the term for cleansing with water out of reverence used for both people and things. And Rudy Carlos seems to think that it's called hosing. Uh, Marcus, what say you? Is it hosing or is it ablutions? Is it Rudy or is it Tito? What say you, Marcus? It's got to be Tito with ablutions. There you go. Two for two. Good job, Marcus. There you go. Are you secretly like a a Catholic trivia champion? Are you are you are you hustling us? Not only do they not have box stores up there, but they're really well catechized. Apparently, they're apparently Benedictines. I probably. <laughs> well, you're in for two. Let's jump into the third question, and we maybe we can get you in for three for three. That's three opportunities to win this week's prize. What Old Testament hero strength? was in his hair. We'll go back to Rudy Carlos for this question. What Old Testament hero strength was in his hair? That was King David. King King David David. had the most majestic mane of hair. Mm. And you'd be wondering, too, how did he get that since shampoo wasn't invented until, I don't know, when, uh, much later than he was. 50 years ago. By 50 years ago. (laughs) And it was just majestic. It would blow in the wind. It was King David. Wow. Okay. Well... Marcus uh, 
Rudy thinks that the Old Testament hero's strength was in his hair. Who was that? He thinks it was King David. Let's ask Tito. Tito, what Old Testament hero's strength was in his hair? I think it was uh, the one named after the luggage, uh, Samson. Samson. <laughs> yes. Named after the luggage. No, uh, the luggage was named after him. Oh, yes. <laughs> okay, okay. Yes. That makes more sense because he was strong. Yeah, yeah, of course. Oh, strong. Okay, yes. okay. That, that makes right. sense. Uh, that makes sense. And then okay. the big box stores came and they made it Samsonite. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, Marcus, Tito says that the Old Testament hero whose strength was in his hair was Samson. Rudy seems to think that it was King David with his majestic hair blowing in the wind. Uh, Marcus, 15 seconds on the clock. What say you? Was it Samson? Was it David? Was it Tito? Was it Rudy? What say you? It was King David. It was King David, uh, Rudy. Are you sure? Oh, no, it was oh, Samson. No, Samson. Yes, you know, he uh, he had his super strength that he had. As long as he didn't cut his hair, that he kept to the vows of God. But once his hair was cut, he lost all his strength. And it wasn't so much like some kind of superstitious thing with his hair. Instead, it was actually a relationship with the covenant because he made a Nazarene vow that he would do certain things. And he violated all of them. The last one he kept was his hair. And once his hair was cut, he had completely violated all his vows and his strength was taken from him so that's the story of uh samson good job buzzer but yeah i know shame on you shame on you but he ended well he ended well he repented true he repented and he saved the day but don't worry marcus you got in two out of three that's pretty good that's great odds for winning the prize on friday uh but thank you very much for calling in today marcus you're welcome. Stay on the line. we got to get your information there. Yes, I'm going to put you on hold, and Rudy will get your contact information, so that way we can ship you the prize if you are the winner on Friday. And if you forgot, the prize this week is a prize pack from CDT with a print for my little sister who's a professional artist. So you're going to want to check out her Instagram, Emily Fonseca Art. Go to Emily Fonseca Art on Instagram and check that out. But... That's going to do it for today. If you want to join us tomorrow, 6 to 8 Central, just find us same channel, same bat channel, same bat place. Uh, But if you want to join us in the after show where we interrogate Tito some more, make sure you follow us on the social streams. We'll be right back. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas. This morning we are celebrating the memorial of St. Paul Miki and Companions. This morning's Mass is being offered for all of our online viewers and for those joining us via Guadalupe Radio Media. 
Praise to the Lord, the Almighty, the King of creation. O my soul, praise him, for he is thy health and salvation. Join the great throng, psaltery, organ, and song, sounding in glad adoration. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Brothers and sisters, let us call to mind our sins, and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to Almighty God, and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. O God, strength of all the saints, who through the cross were pleased to call the martyr St. Paul Miki and companions to life, grant we pray that by their intercession we may hold with courage even until death to the faith that we profess. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the beginning of the book of Genesis. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless wasteland, and darkness covered the abyss, while a mighty wind swept over the waters. Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. God saw how good the light was. God then separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. Thus evening came and morning followed, the first day. Then God said, Let there be a dome in the middle of the waters to separate one body of water from the other. And so it happened. God made the dome, and it separated the water above the dome from the water below it. God called the dome the sky. Evening came and morning followed the second day. Then God said, Let the water under the sky be gathered into a single basin so that the dry land may appear. And so it happened. The water under the sky was gathered into its basin and the dry land appeared. God called the dry land the earth, and the basin of the water he called the sea. God saw how good it was. Then God said, Let the earth bring forth vegetation, every kind of plant that bears seed, and every kind of fruit tree on earth that bears fruit with its seed in it. And so it happened. The earth brought forth every kind of plant that bears seed, and every kind of fruit tree on earth that bears fruit with its seeds in it. God saw how good it was. Evening came and morning followed, the third day. Then God said, Let there be lights in the dome of the sky to separate day from night. 
let them mark the fixed times, the days, and the years, and serve as luminaries in the dome of the sky to shed light upon the earth. And so it happened. God made two great lights, the greater one to govern the day and the lesser one to govern the night, and he made the stars. God set them in the dome of the sky to shed light upon the earth, to govern the day and the night, and to separate the light from the darkness. God saw how good it was. Evening came and morning followed, the fourth day. The word of the Lord. May the Lord be glad in his works. Bless the Lord, O my soul. O Lord, my God, how you are great indeed. You are clothed with majesty and glory, robed in light as with a cloak. May the Lord be glad and rejoice. You fixed the earth upon its foundation, not to be moved forever. With the ocean as a garment, you covered it. Above the mountains, the waters stood. May the Lord be glad and rejoice. You send forth springs into the water courses that wind among the mountains. Beside them, the birds of heaven dwell. From among the branches, they send forth their song. May the Lord be glad and rejoice. How manifold are your works, O Lord. In wisdom, you have wrought them all. The earth is full of your creatures. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Alleluia. May the Lord be glad and rejoice. Alleluia. 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 Jesus preached the gospel of the kingdom and cured every disease among the people. Alleluia. 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 The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. After making the crossing to the other side of the sea, Jesus and his disciples came to land at Genesaret and tied up there. As they were leaving the boat, people immediately recognized him. They scurried about the surrounding country and began to bring in the sick on mats to wherever they heard he was. Whatever villages or towns or countryside he entered, they laid the sick in the marketplaces and begged him that they might touch only the tassel on his cloak. And as many as touched it were healed. The Gospel of the Lord. The next couple of mornings we'll be going over the beautiful creation story found at the beginning of the Bible in the book of Genesis. There's a number of important truths which we should draw from the creation story and consider and ponder in our life. The first one is the most obvious part to the creation story, which is to say that God created the world. Everything that exists came from God. He is at the beginning of the world. He is at the origin of the world. And this is going to be a fundamental fact of life which is always going to be respected or ought to be respected because it tells us then if God is the creator of the world and the universe then the designs which he placed in it are to be treasured and are to be respected and observed. 
God creating the world, of course, doesn't get into the mechanisms in the book of Genesis of the how-to exactly the world was created. But it's interesting to note that even in the let there be light verse of sacred scripture that it was precisely a Catholic Belgian priest by the name of Monsignor George Lamette who was the one who introduced the world to the notion of the Big Bang Theory and the expansion of the universe. The second point from the creation story to take which is very important is that everything God created is good. St. Thomas Aquinas defines the good as simply being that which is desirable. And it tells us that everything is good because it has been willed by God and it has been desired by God to exist. But furthermore, all of creation also in some way reflects or represents its artisan or its creator, which is precisely God. And therefore, we treasure and we are interested in all parts of creation because we see all of it is coming from our Heavenly Father as a representation of him. And therefore, he being the source of goodness, his goodness is to be found in everything that he created. I suppose the impulse and the urge to be so respectful of the environment and of the world in which we live in, it really comes and is derived from a respect for the creator. I can remember some years ago I was in Prague with my mother and one of my uncles by marriage is a relatively famous uh, painter or artist. My mom was kind of flipping through his book and as she was kind of flipping through it she stopped at a certain point and said, I think I've seen enough because I'm kind of getting a little bit disturbed by some of these paintings and they are telling me what's going on inside of your mind. And just as an artist's work is reflective of the artist himself, so too everything in creation is reflected of God, or reflective of God, and therefore ought to be respected and revered. And that brings us to the third point, which is precisely to say that the reason why science and scientific advances took place precisely in the Christian West, in the Middle Ages, is precisely from the point that Christians never feared the compatibility of faith and reason. In other words, the truths which could be known by reason through scientific observation and truths which could be known by faith through revelation in Jesus Christ, they had one in the same author, which precisely was God, and therefore there was nothing to fear because how could God as the author of both what is given to us in faith and what is given to us in reason contradict himself? And because he is the source of all truth, the compatibility between faith and reason became something that was clearly believed in by Christians, and therefore scientific advancements, the entire university system, all took off in the Christian West because of this fact. And finally, we can note from today's Gospel that as people were coming to Jesus to be healed, to be cured, that Jesus Christ, who is true God and true man, Jesus precisely tells us that God continues to act in the world which he created. God didn't merely create the world and then stand back and kind of let us have at it, but rather in his providential care, in a particular way, of course, in the incarnation and through the intervention of the church, which is the body of Jesus Christ, God continues to act in the world to heal, to sanctify, and his interest and his love for each part of his creation, and in particular for human beings, 
is so great that he continues to act and intervene to steer us toward our divine destiny and toward our proper goal in life. And so, my brothers and sisters, as we go forward today, let us give thanks to God for the gift of all of creation. Let us ask for the grace that we would always be respectful and we would always be interested in the beauty of creation, knowing that it is a reflection of God himself. And let us give thanks to God that he continues to act in our lives to lead us toward our salvation in Jesus Christ. Amen. Trusting in our Father's love and mercy, let us bring our petitions before him. We pray for our Holy Father, Pope Francis, and for all bishops, for their physical and spiritual need. We pray to the Lord. We pray for government leaders and elected officials that they would be inspired to enact just laws that would respect and promote the dignity of human life from the first moment of conception and laws that would never transgress the natural law of God found in our world. We pray to the Lord. We pray for the sick and the suffering, that they would be given consolation in their faith and the courage and perseverance to unite their sufferings with Christ on the cross. We pray to the Lord. We pray for our family, friends, benefactors, for all those who have asked for our prayers, for those joining us online and through Guadalupe Radio Media, and for those enrolled in the Salt Mass Association. We pray to the Lord. We pray for an increase in vocations to the sacred priesthood and religious life. We pray to the Lord. And for those intentions that we hold in our heart. We pray to the Lord. Merciful Father, we thank you for hearing our petitions and granting our prayers through Christ our Lord. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation, for through your goodness we have received the bread we offer you, fruit of the earth and work of human hands. It will become for us the bread of life. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation, for through your goodness we have received the wine we offer you, fruit of the vine and work of human hands, it will become our spiritual drink. Pray, brothers and sisters, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. Receive, Holy Father, the offerings we bring in commemoration of the holy martyrs, and grant that we, your servants, may be found steadfast in confessing your name through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you. 
and with your spirit lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and just. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks. Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God, for you are glorified when your saints are praised. Their very sufferings are but wonders of your might. In your mercy you give ardor to their faith, to their endurance you grant firm resolve, and in their struggle the victory is yours through Christ our Lord. Therefore, all creatures of heaven and earth sing a new song in adoration, and we with all the hosts of angels cry out, and without end we acclaim. Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Deus Sabaho, plenis uncelli et terra, gloria tua, Hosanna in excelsis, benedictus, Qui venit in nomine Domini, O Sahana in excelsis. You are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts we pray, by sending down your Spirit upon them like the dewfall, so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread and giving thanks broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and once more giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith, save us, Savior of the world, for by your cross and resurrection you have set us free. Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation giving thanks that you have held us worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. Humbly we pray that partaking of the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world, 
and bring her to the fullness of charity, together with Francis our Pope and Michael our Bishop and all the clergy. Remember also our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection, and to all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. Have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with blessed Joseph, her spouse, with the blessed apostles and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we may merit to be co-heirs to eternal life and may praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. Precepti salutaribis moniti, et divina institutione formati, audemus dicere, Pater noster, qui es in celis, sanctifice tuur nomen tuum, adveniat regnum tuum, fiat voluntas tua, sicud in celo et in terra, panem nostrum coditianum, da nobis hodie, et imite nobis debita nostra, sicud et nos dimitimus, debitoribus nostris, et ne nos inducas in tentationem, sed libera nos amalo. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil, graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us offer each other the sign of peace. Agnus Dei, qui tolis peccatamundi, miserere nobis. Agnus Dei, qui tolis peccatamundi, Miserere nobis, Agnus Dei, qui tolis peccatamundi, dona nobis pacem. Behold the Lamb of God, behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed.
For those who are not able to receive our Lord in Holy Communion at this time, we invite you to pray the act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the Most Holy Sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. Let all mortal flesh keep silence and with fear and trembling stand. Ponder nothing earthly minded, for with blessing in his hand, Christ our God to earth descended our full homage to demand King of kings yet born of Mary as of old on earth he stood Lord of lords in human vesture in the body and the blood he will give to all the faithful his own self for heavenly food. Let us pray. O God, who in your holy martyrs have wonderfully made known the mystery of the cross, graciously grant that drawing strength from this sacrifice, we may cling faithfully to Christ and labor in the church for the salvation of all through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Sing of Mary, pure and lowly, <clears throat> Virgin Mother, undefiled. Sing of God's own Son, most holy, who became her little child. Fairest child of fairest mother, God the Lord who came to earth, word made flesh of The Prayer to St. Michael 
St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Prayer of Deliverance Almighty God and Father, we beg thee through the intercession and help of the archangels St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary, we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord, amen. Macy from St. Teresa's in Sugarland. You're listening to AM 1430 KSHJ Houston, part of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Catholic 